0: All right. All right, everybody, take your seats. Today, we're talking about temporary interventions or challenges. Take your seats, please. Thank you.
1: Hello, and welcome. You're listening to the Change Academy podcast. I'm Monica Reinagel,
0: And I'm Brock Armstrong.
1: And as you may know, Brock and I each started out podcasting in our respective areas of expertise. That's nutrition for me, the Nutrition Diva podcast, and fitness for Brock. He's the get-fit guy. And then a few years ago, we teamed up together to create the Weigh Less Program, which is an online group coaching program that helps people stop dieting and start weighing less. So we certainly use our nutrition and fitness there, but so much of the work that we do over there actually comes down to the art and science of behavior change. Mm-hmm. And that is what we talk about in this podcast. Glad you're here.
0: Yeah. Now, the world, and especially the internet world, is full of... These things, these temporary interventions or these short-term challenges that you see all over the place where you do something like give up sugar for a week or you do 25 push-ups every day for a month. That's one I've seen with a a lot of my friends have been doing over the last little while or more timely, especially when this podcast episode is coming out, you give up alcohol for the month of October. It's called Sober October and I'm actually doing it. The thing is that while these challenges can be fun and they can be interesting and kind of a goofy little thing to do, what are we really accomplishing by participating in these challenges? I mean, does the challenge with such a defined beginning and end actually lead to any lasting change? Or does it just become an exercise in willpower to see if you can hang on for that month or that week or whatever it happens to be? So... In this episode, we are going to give you the recipe to make the most of those temporary challenges.
1: So this is the part where we often talk about what we are working on in our own lives or often what our listeners are working on. We um, love getting your stories and we love sharing them here on the podcast. But Mm -hmm. so Brock, let's talk about this Sober October thing that you are working on right now because this is the second time you've done this. You did this last year. So tell us- Why then? Why now? Why do it twice?
0: Well, I guess the first thing that I want to say is that if you're planning to do Sober October, if I'd been planning to do Sober October in order to drink less or stop drinking, well, that would be a very ineffective way to do it. But... Let's take the first time that I did this. I had some very clear objectives in mind. Some things were were very near and dear to me. The first one was that I really just wanted to remind myself how good it feels to commit to something and see it all the way through, to not quit on a decision or a commitment that I've made to myself. And the second thing that I wanted to remind myself of and to explore actually was there are so many delicious alcohol-free beers available these days. I really wanted to to just dive into those and spend some time because I love the flavor of beer, but I don't always want to get a buzz. So I, I used that opportunity to explore both of those ideas.
1: Yeah, those alcohol-free beers have come a long yeah. way. You know, there was a day when mm-hmm. there was really only one or two, and they were kind of awful. Yes. But I also uh, love beer, craft beer, and um, and it is so nice to have so many better options for, for example, for, if you're out for lunch and you're having a beer, it's so nice to be able to have uh, an N.A. beer and then be able to then function for the rest of the afternoon, go back to the office, yeah. have have the rest of the work day.
0: Yeah, not get super sleepy and just want to blow everything off. It's it's great. There's actually alcohol-free gin these days, too. Oh, I, I, I know. Just,
1: I've, I've really tried pertinence. them. Yeah, they're great.
0: So, so yeah, it was a great opportunity to... To explore those, too.
1: So you finished your challenge, you got through the 31 days without drinking, and then... 11 more months have gone by, or I think you might have done this also in January, didn't you?
0: I did take a break um, for the holidays. I often do that around the holidays just because it's good to be the designated driver and uh, and just <laughs> keep myself under control a little bit. I find mm-hmm. I don't overeat and overindulge if, uh, if alcohol is off the plate.
1: So are your goals uh, for this sober October or your objectives the same or different than they were last year?
0: They're different. I actually sat down and was like, okay, well, I actually really enjoyed last year but what could i what how could i expand my learning how could i expand what i'm getting out of this temporary intervention or this temporary challenge and so i made a list of of things i wanted to achieve this time i'm going to take it a step further and not just expand my repertoire of alcohol free beers but i'm going to expand my repertoire of day ending routines mm. so instead of pouring a drink and Turning on the TV or playing a video game or playing a board game or something, gonna you know, see if I can expand my repertoire of things that that I can use that really signify to me that the day is the work day is over. And also, like I mentioned, the alcohol free gin and things like that. I wanna expand my repertoire beyond the the beers of the world and and move into some other beverages. And also, we just bought a house so congratulations (laughs) thank you i'm really looking forward to the money that i'm going to save by not (laughs) (laughs) drinking for 31 days and my partner actually joined in as well so we're going to save double the money with both of us not drinking for the month so so yeah that's my list of things that i want to learn or achieve or or grow from during this absolutely temporary intervention
1: Well, all of that sounds great. I mean, you're kind of talking me into it, that temporary interventions can be a really valuable thing. So what's what's the problem? What's the downside? Where do people go wrong with this kind of thing? Because you're right, they are just everywhere. People seem to have an enormous appetite for these 30-day no-sugar challenges, no-alcohol challenges, whatever it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the problem really is in, if there's an end date on anything that we plan, like if we know that it's coming to an end, then we inevitably get to a point where we're simply counting down the days until we can return to that previous behavior that we were engaging in before and and get on with life again. And that means, aside from having the bragging rights of having completed this challenge successfully, well, you're left with really no lasting change. You've just intervened gone through the challenge and then and resumed your your behavior just as you were before
1: well if we inevitably get to the point where we're simply counting down the days to go back to what we were doing before it kind of suggests that what we're doing now is less enjoyable less rewarding than the behavior that we've interrupted doesn't it
0: yeah i think it if you really want to get introspective, if you're drawn into these types of challenges, I think that's a good indication that you need to do some some really deep introspection and see why you're being drawn to this in the first place. And if it is that important to you, then maybe a temporary intervention isn't isn't what you're after. Maybe you need to to do some deeper change and and uh, make it more lasting.
1: Yeah, but I think that this is also just sort of a cultural phenomenon. We've kind of gotten addicted to this challenge culture where we mm. either dare ourselves or frequently dare other people to do something really hard, to do something really challenging. And that's cool, but because accomplishing something hard is rewarding in and of itself. But sure. but to the extent that we're using this to interrupt a behavior that we might suspect is not serving us or a behavior that we want to change, If those challenges don't lead to any long-term change in that habit or that behavior that we feel like we might want to alter, I'm not really sure that doing that for 30 days is really accomplishing much. And in fact, I think it can sometimes actually delay the process of meaningful long-term behavior change if we're just hmm. jumping from 30 day thing to 30 day thing
0: do you think it might be playing into our sort of quick fix mentality as well this whole challenge culture like we see this as like well I can get through 21 days and that's a lot quicker than say signing up for a program like ours like way less that's actually a year long or or engaging in something that's more I don't know life changing or, or lifestyle changing. You think it's a a quick fix mentality as well?
1: Maybe. But, you know, we've also heard over and over again that it takes 21 days to change a habit, which we know is not true. And so maybe there's also this sense that this 21 days or this 30 days is going to be some sort of little tipping point that will break this habit and create a new one. And I think that that is really a false hope.
0: I think it's really interesting where a lot of those numbers came from, where Mm -hmm. how long it takes to build a habit or break a habit. I know there's one that came from NASA where they actually created these glasses that you put on and it would invert the world. So everything you're looking at was upside down. Mm. And it took, I I think it was like 10 or 12 days. I I should have looked this up before we started recording, but it was uh, like a, a certain amount of time. Before your brain actually habituated to viewing the world upside down Mm -hmm. and you were able to function as normal. And so that was then spread throughout the world as being like, this is how long it takes to change this behavior or to adapt to this new situation. And then we take that and we run with it in terms of like, well, that's how long it takes to break your sugar habit or that's how long it takes to, we sort of extrapolate the information that really shouldn't be extrapolated into the areas that, uh, <laughs> that we're taking them sometimes.
1: Yeah. If it just took 21 days or 30 days, uh, to, to break habits, then nobody would need to do these things more than once. And people do them repeatedly. But I, you know, I think it's that idea of we need a reset or, or even like mm-hmm. a detox and that is sort of this idea that simply stopping a behavior is going to change your relationship to it. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Now it could, but only if you are actually using that time, not just to count down, not just to cross days off on the calendar, but you could use that time to really examine the reasons that you're engaging in that behavior in the first place. I mean, what is it actually doing for you? And it's got to be doing something for you or you wouldn't be doing it, right? Yeah, right. But if you take a look at that, it opens up uh, an ability to think about, well, how else might I meet that need, especially if mm. you temporarily stop doing it? Maybe you can think about that a little bit more productively. And I think a break can also give you a little clarity on what that habit might be costing you, either directly, like out of your wallet or in time or in energy or in any other consequence or any other price that you may be paying for that habit that you've temporarily suspended, that break can kind of help you see a little bit more maybe what it's costing you. And that could potentially become a more potent reason to to pursue a longer term change in that behavior. But I think you're 100% right, Brock, if the only reason not to do it is simply to complete the challenge, you know, to, mm-hmm. to to, to do that, then very little about your relationship to that behavior will have changed in those 30 days. Your reasons for doing it are gonna be right there waiting for you the, on day 31.
0: It's interesting. I actually hadn't thought of it framed that way in terms of like, if you do dive into one of these, and even if you're halfway through or three quarters of the way through, you can still use it as a way to figure out what it was that drew you into this in the first place and what that, what that bigger reason might be. So then you can use, you can really use it as a launching pad. I guess what the way that I'm using um, sober October this year is I went into, into it with clearly defined objectives and goals, but you can, you don't have to throw everything out if you're already halfway through you can still use it to create those objectives and goals for when you come out as well. So it's it's not a wasted effort, that's for sure. But I would still encourage you if you find yourself to be if you find yourself attracted to these, sit down and really think through like what do you want to gain from doing this? What do you what do you plan to learn from doing this? What will you walk away with at the end of this endeavor that will help you in the What's the math, the other 325 days of the year?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Is it leap year?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, you know, I should probably fess up at this point and admit that I actually created and run a 30-day program uh, that's focused on helping people improve their eating habits.
0: Right. The 30-day nutrition upgrade,
1: of course. Um, So it's not really about weight loss. It's really just about the the eating habits, the foods that we choose and how we put together our diet every day. But Mm -hmm. I really did not see this as a 30-day challenge in the sense that we're going to completely eliminate any food from our diet. We're going to go 30 days without anything or any kind of black and white, all or nothing challenge. And it really is designed to to be a time that you create something that you carry forward past the 30 days that goes forward with you into your life. And I think... The reason it has the capacity to do that is, again, we're not just white knuckling our our way through a challenge where we're going to go without something for 30 days. And one of my goals in this program is to help people understand what their typical behavior looks like is just to gather some information about that because as humans it's really easy for us to focus and remember and overestimate the impact of our most extreme behaviors and so we rem- mm-hmm. we remember the juice cleanse that we did and we remember you know some really extravagant overindulgent weekend and we think that those really determine the quality of our diet when it's really just kind of our everyday typical diet that determines our overall healthfulness, and most people have a very poor grasp of what those typical choices add up to. So that's actually what we're doing in the 30-Day Nutrition Upgrade is, is gathering some information about, yeah, how are my typical choices adding up, and then seeing what it takes to nudge them in one direction or another. So so it's designed very much to be something that has a goal and an objective in the future beyond when the 30-day challenge is over.
0: And there's a huge learning component as well. Not only are you learning what sort of good nutrition might be in in your life, but you're also learning how you're executing it in, in your own life. So even at the end of it, if you stop using the app and you stop, I don't know, following you on Instagram or whatever, you've still got that insight into into nutrition and into how you're handling your life as well. And, and I think that's a huge thing that a lot of these challenges are missing too, that once you're done it, you haven't really learned anything. Like maybe you got better at doing push-ups during mm-hmm. that month, but that's only meaningful if you really wanted to get better at push-ups and you plan to continue to work on them mm-hmm. beyond that 30-day challenge. But um, yeah, there isn't that learning component is really something that that is important to have there.
1: I would just say that it's not just about learning what good nutrition looks like. It's also about getting a sense of what good enough nutrition looks like. And oh, nice. backing ourselves off that uh, that ledge where we feel like if we're not eating perfectly, if our diet isn't perfect, then it's not good enough. and And that's absolutely not the case. So it's also developing that tolerance and that balance between habits that that serve our health goals and other things that we might choose just because we enjoy them. Because I believe anyway that there's there's room for both when you can maintain that balance.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I guess what, what the real upshot is here is that if you're getting into one of these challenges just to prove to yourself that you are not a quitter, and you can see episode 13 of the Change Academy podcast, make not quitting a habit. That's absolutely fine. We're not trying to tell you that that's not a a worthy goal in and of itself. But if you want to gain even more traction and you really want to to make this a meaningful endeavor, then taking that time to consider, is there a learning component to this and why you are attracted to it in particular? And is this actually a temporary change or, or a long-term change can really make the difference.
1: Well, and I know that the lab experiment is going to kind of bring that into focus, but before we jump into that, right. let me just back up and give us a couple of takeaways from this. One is that realizing that habits aren't created or broken simply by doing something or avoiding something for a set amount of time. We don't create habits Mm -hmm. with willpower. And I think a lot of people believe that we do. It takes a little bit more intention than that. Another takeaway for me is that doing short-term challenges without some thought can actually delay the process of making more meaningful long-term challenges. Right. But if you do want to use a short term challenge as a springboard for longer term change, I would just suggest that you make sure that you're not just counting down the days, but that you're actually using that time to gain a better understanding of the role that that behavior plays in your life, whatever it is. And then finally, as you always like to remind us, Brock, we need to be thinking about what's next. So be sure to think past the end of the challenge. What's going to happen at the end? And what do you want to carry forward from that challenge? into your future.
0: Yeah, if if (laughs) November 1st is already on your calendar as the day you're going to go out and have a celebratory drink after Sober October is over, well, you might want to (laughs) take a deeper look into, into why you were doing it in the first place. But anyway, here we go with the lab experiment for this episode. So when you find yourself considering joining in the latest 7-day, 21-day or month-long fad or challenge, take some time to ask yourself these questions. Number 1, why is this attractive to me? Perhaps you've actually been worrying about your your savings like like I am, or you might actually be worried about how much you've been drinking lately. But look into why this particular challenge is important to you and whether or not there may be a better way to handle it than a temporary intervention. Then number two is ask yourself what you hope to learn from this temporary challenge. And write these things down too. Don't just think this through, but actually like write down.
1: And I just want to underline that, Brock, that the question that you've just asked is not what do I hope to gain? You may Mm. gain some things. Or what do I hope to save? But what do I hope to learn? Because that's a whole different question. Right.
0: And then so number three is, what plan can I put in place to ensure that I don't just return to my previous behavior or lifestyle as soon as this challenge is over?
1: And if you're thinking, well, I don't see any reason not to return to my previous behavior as soon as the challenge is over, then I have to wonder why do it in the first place. But.
0: And number four is to ask yourself, and this is probably the hardest thing to to ask yourself, but it's really important to ask yourself, am I using this as a delay or a distraction from doing and making the deeper changes that I know I want to make? That's a big one. And you can find out more about why that's important if you listen to episode six, which was called The Hidden Cost of Unmet Goals. That's episode six of the Change Academy podcast. So, okay, once you've answered these questions nice and clearly and you've put them down on paper, you can go into your challenge with the knowledge that it isn't just about using willpower to just white-knuckle your way through it. Your effort will not be in vain and your temporary intervention or your 30-day challenge will not be so temporary.
1: And if you would like a copy of that lab experiment... Um, just go to our website at changeacademypodcast.com because we always include the lab experiment in the show notes for each episode. So that's a handy place to get it. While you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter and I'll actually send you the lab experiment each week when we release the episode, even in a little downloadable worksheet for you. So if that sounds like fun, be sure you're signed up for our newsletter And then, of course, we always want to hear from you what you're working on, how it's going, what you could use some help with. And you can either send us an email at hello at changeacademypodcast.com or connect with us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and our handle on all three of those is at change change, changeacpod, pod. And if you are enjoying this podcast, we hope that you have already subscribed in your favorite podcasting app and Do us a favor or let a friend know that you think might also enjoy it about it. That is how people discover their new favorite podcasts. And we would love to be someone's new favorite podcast. So we thank you in advance for for that. And one
0: final little cool thing. I just added a neat little pop-up thing on our website at changeacademypodcast.com, where you can leave us a voicemail. So if you go over there, you'll see a little button on the right-hand side that says, um, send us a voicemail or something like that. And you can leave us a recording and you may hear your voice in a future episode. How cool is that? Pretty cool.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. We look forward to hearing from you about your 30-day but not-so-temporary challenges.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget your lab
1: experiments. This has been the Change Academy Podcast.